Hey everyone, uh, welcome. We are starting this week a, um, a Wednesday night series where we're going to learn how to study the Bible. The title of this is Hermeneutics, which is just the kind of the methodology, the way uh, we come about uh, biblical interpretation. So uh, I pray that this is a blessing to all of us. Uh, sometimes it can be a kind of a, a feel like a, a stumbling block in front of us that we just can't get over. How do I how do I begin? So we're going to lay a foundation with this series, and hopefully uh, through this, uh, we, we will be extremely blessed. I really think so. I love this stuff. So uh, again, join us throughout the, the summer for these classes, and uh, um, we hope to see you in person as well. So we are studying, as I said um, just a few minutes ago, we are studying... Hermeneutics. Uh, my, my preacher in Texarkana, uh, he was, I guess he was in his 60s, and every time he would mention hermeneutics, he'd say, he'd mention somebody he knew that every time you say that word, he'd say, Herman who? Because <laughs> it's such a weird word that we don't use uh, very much. Uh, but the simple, uh, simple uh, definition of this is how we study the Bible, how we come up about it. Uh, you can see this, the study of the methodological principles of interpretation as of the Bible. So how do we come to the Bible and try to study what is there? Um, you may think, well, we just come to it, we read it, and that's it. No, not really. And, and throughout this uh, study, we'll kind of find out some of the ways we do that, some of the ways we don't, some of the ways we're influenced by uh, other people, uh, other things maybe you're not even aware of. So that's what we're going to be doing. And I'm going to take you throughout this, this series in, on Wednesday nights through uh, a lot of different principles. Uh, I'm going to show you some, I've got a box up here full of books. I'm going to give you some uh, reading material, so you're not having mine, but you can look at mine and you'll buy your own. You're happy to, uh, I'll be happy to show you those. Uh, but one of the things when I went to the school, I did not know that one of the hardest things for me was, well, who do I study? Because again, I've shared this with you many times, you know, when, when I was growing up in church, you can only study like Church of Christ people, and even then, it depends on who it was and when it was. Uh, I said <laughs> I always use Ripple Shelley as the example, and uh, you can read them up to a certain point, and then after that, it, uh, the lady at the, at the uh, bookstore said, "I can't read it." He changed his mind. Well, I found this week a book someone writ, wrote about Ripple Shelley. And depicted him with a forked tongue. Did you catch all that? Well, that is an axe. The feather on the ear. Oh, it was, oh yeah, tickling the ears. Uh, just because he changed his mind and stuff. Um, but that's what this is. This is study. This is a continual study. Uh, at the end of this summer, you're not going to say, hey, I've learned it all. Thanks a lot. I'm out. Okay? This is how to study because as we read a scripture, God's word, the word of God, is alive and active and sharper than a two-edged sword, okay? So every time we come to it, it may hit you a little different, or you have those moments where, I know I've read this, but I don't remember it. It certainly didn't hit me like this. I didn't think of it like this. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to teach you. I'm just going to assume that you don't know anything, so don't be offended. That's how I'm going to take this. And so we're going to start from the ground up, uh, and, and find out uh, all the ways uh, to study the Bible. So, uh, a couple of things. I want to make sure you can see that. Okay, good. So at Harding, and I think 
I think when I was at Lipscomb, I checked with them to see which, uh, which hermeneutic book they used. But when I was at Harding, this was the book uh, that was used as, here's how to study the Bible. It's very accessible. This is something you can go pick up. This is the, what is this, the fourth edition, I think? Yeah, fourth edition. I have, I actually have the third edition, so uh, whichever one of those you could grab. Uh, it's a great, I mean, it's going to go more in detail uh, then I'm going to go, but I'm going to use this as a resource throughout the summer. So if you want to have that handy uh, and, and learn about that, uh, you can. Now, I've mentioned Daniel Hayes before when we did the, uh, the temple and tabernacle. You remember all of that? Uh, Danny Hayes wrote the book that we used on that. Uh, Katie went to uh, the competing school with Washita Baptist, where, where Dr. Hayes is. She went right across the street to Henderson. Uh, they're in Arkansas, and they had a big rivalry. You know, it's us versus the Baptists, even though Katie was Baptist. So I don't know how that worked. But um, but anyway, got to meet him. I got to sit, and they, they had us down from Harding uh, for a – they had like a, a yearly pastor summit where they take a commentary and go through it all in one day. I mean, it was it's intense. Like you're, you're going through it, and you're, you're getting these professors who, you know, this is their job. Uh, giving you this information over the course of the day. It was, it was fantastic. Um, we really enjoyed it. So Grasping God's Word is a great book to learn how to study the Bible. Also, I have this but have not read it. I've had a lot of people tell me it is really good. Okay, how to study the Bible for all it's worth. And I think I grabbed the, uh, the latest edition. I'm not positive on that. That's the third edition up there. Uh, but that name has been around here for a long time. Uh, Gordon Fee is known as a, an excellent scholar. Uh, I'm not as uh, familiar with Douglas Stewart, but I know who he is. Um, and also, one thing we're going to use uh, throughout this is John Mark Hicks' book, who was one of my professors at Lipscomb. He's got a book called Searching for the Path. So what this book is going to do, how we're going to use it, and, and the reason you should pick it up, uh, is it's going to be the Church of Christ guy telling you about, you know, the history of Churches of Christ and kind of bridging the gap. So uh, I told you these other, if, especially if you're concerned, like these other people are Baptists. Well, uh, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. But he's going to bridge the gap if you've got any, any questions. This is going to be the stuff that you recognize and go, oh, yeah, I know, I know about that. And, and so I, I just want to encourage you to, to pick that up as well. Uh, traditional COC hermeneutic. Now, before we go any further, when we say that, traditional, uh, or anything like that, I don't want anyone to take offense. Uh, I'm just going to tell you kind of how things have gone. We're not, we're not throughout this thing, we're not going to make fun of anything. Um, we want to honor the people that came before us. Uh, the people that have tried their best, just as we're trying our best, and Evan and Logan, hopefully when they're older, are going to say, hey, Dad tried his best. You know, he tried his best. Now, we don't agree. We may not agree on everything, but Dad tried his best. And so if, if any, throughout this study, if you find something that's, you know, like, well, yeah, it's kind of funny that we did that. We just don't want to make, feel, make anyone feel um, uh, bad about this because that's not what we're here for. This is, uh, we're here as Christians to continue studying the Bible, uh, even if that is uh, difficult at times. So, the traditional way churches of Christ have interpreted the Bible, so their hermeneutic, is known as command, example, necessary inference. Also, you may hear it called singing. Has anyone ever heard that before? Okay, one, two, three, 
for before. I was not one of them. Um, what you will find out is that you were all up in this. <laughs> you were all, you had seen me all around you, you just didn't know. And, and so what you're going to find out is, is this is uh, this has shaped the way people have interpreted the Bible previously for you and maybe the way you grew up uh, uh, learning it, even though you did not know these words. So, uh, historically, this has been known as the regulative principle. Uh, and we'll explain this a little bit more. This was used by uh, the reformer Ulrich Zwingli in Switzerland, Puritans, in, and this was Restorationist Puritans in England, and Conservative Presbyterians in Scotland. Why is that last one important? That's where we came from. Okay, We came from Alexander Campbell, Presbyterian, Scotland. Okay? And, and so we've got a lot of influence, though you may not even uh, be aware of that. We've got a lot of influence from the Presbyterians uh, in Scotland through, uh, through Campbell, uh, both Alexander and, and Thomas there. And finally, uh, known in the COC, have you heard this one? The Law of Silence. Probably heard that, right? Um, does the Law of Silence mean you can do it or you can't do it? We'll discuss that a little bit more uh, in just a, just a few minutes. So, um, this is taken from John Mark Hicks' book. Just to explain this better. Uh, Sini is, nothing may be done in the work and worship of the church that is not positively authorized by a command, by an example in the Bible, or a necessary inference. What's the problem with that statement? Anybody want to take a stab at it? Why that might be a little faulty? Don't be afraid. The Bible doesn't talk about everything. PowerPoints. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first of all, the Bible is not, uh, as Jordan said, the Bible does not cover everything. So we're not going to have all these commands, examples, all these things for everything. So part of it, we've got to use our brain, right? All right. What about the necessary inference part? Very subjective. Very subjective. Yes. Uh, you married people, uh, given uh, you and your, your spouse are looking at the same thing going on in front of you, do you both all the time infer the same things from the situation? No. no of course not. But this was, this was a way that we said you've got to necessarily infer it. Uh, and you point to Scripture, you've got to necessarily infer it. You know, you're bringing some authority to this. I can't believe you don't see that, Sheila. Uh, but this was a part of this. Uh, and, and so, another part of this is you don't see in Scripture this thing, this this uh, definition, right? You don't come to Matthew 31, verse 29, and it says, hey, when you're interpreting this, do this, right? And so, that can, that can be, uh, you've got to just pay attention to what we're doing. Again, we're not making fun of anybody, but we have to understand kind of uh, some of our background and what may be influencing us as we come to uh, the text. So... Um, necessary inference, that's not, it's very subjective. It's not something that we're going to come to and say, hey, we all agree. Now, Campbell and Stone and all of them, they thought they, were, they had a unity movement where more people would come together. The problem was when they came to this country, uh, what had just happened in the early 1800s, late 1700s? Revolution, right? 
We were all about some freedom and liberty, and uh, I'm going to spread my wings this way. And so that's the kind of uh, culture, that's the kind of climate they came into, thinking, hey, we'll just read the Bible together, everyone will agree, and we'll just kind of come under one big tent. Well, we know how hard that is in the first place, much less during a time where people are expanding across North America. And uh, by the way, I've been reading or been listening to Lewis and Clark, uh, their journals going through Fascinating. That was free. Uh, we'll get back to this. But that was a time of, you know, we're going our own separate ways. And that's why we kind of, at times, you'll see it on Facebook. How many denominations are there? You know, my, my buddies that I was in uh, at Harding with, we would have chapel every day of the semester. That's too much chapel. I'm just, as a preacher, I'm just saying, that's too much chapel. But one of my, one of my buddies who's originally from South Africa, he He's been in, he lived in Houston longer than he lived in South Africa, so I think he was more Houstonian at that point. But he's like, look at this. We all come together and we choose to be. I'm like, hold on. We don't choose to be here. We have to. I'm just saying. I said, and look around. How many different churches of Christ do we go to on Sunday? Yeah, because we have, you know, this church feels better to me. You know, I like the singing at this one. This one's got a chill, better children's program. And, and so we just, they came into a situation where they hoped for unity as far as getting everyone under the, the, the same umbrella uh, when they should have probably been looking at unity in a bigger picture because everyone was doing their own thing at this time. Uh, and so a necessary inference, though it may sound good, and though we may point at the scriptures that you've got to necessarily infer that from that, you know, Someone else may not think that, so that's a, that's a big loophole. Uh, but there at the, the last there, anything without positive authorization, so anything you don't find there in Scripture, again, going back to what Jordan said, by the way, not everything's in there. You don't come to a book where we're just bullet points, right, listed at all, everything I can think of. You know, even Paul, as we, we studied recently, uh, he gets to the end of one of his lists, he says, and things such as these. So I can't list everything, but and things such as these. So use your, use your head uh, as you study. So uh, the thing in seeing is necessary inference is seen as positive authorization. Okay, that's furthering the issue from what we saw. So this necessary inference that I have come to, but you haven't. You know, now I see that as positive authorization where you haven't inferred that. And so can you see the clash? We've, we've got a problem there. Because, again, this, this thing, this necessary inference uh, as a positive uh, authorization. Um, I'm hoping this will play. Would you mind jumping back there and see if we can get the, the sound? Thank you. Or Chase, if you know how to do it. I don't know how to do that. I'll, I'll set this up. So some of you have seen this video. Uh, again, this is not, well, Caleb's here. There you go. We've got it. Should be on. I'm, I'm hearing myself through that thing. Uh, but Rick actually is a, a, is a minister in Fort Worth. And what he's going to do is he's going to show you kind of some uh, difficulties from the way we have interpreted things, the way we've gone about it in this way. Again, even not knowing that we were do, using scene. You'll try it? Okay, just say it. And, uh, and so what you're going to see, he's going to kind of show you, and yes, there are some points we, where we may need to laugh at ourselves. Again, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, hurt anyone's feelings, because this is all learning. This is all, we're trying to do our best. Uh, but he does do some things here where it's like, sometimes you just go, man, why, why did we do that, you know? 
but he does an excellent job, and, and we're going to discuss that as soon as uh, it's done. about a nine-minute clip or so. All right. So, uh, you heard some, some catchphrases in there that we've used, right? I mean, he, he was pretty on, uh, on the spot about using a lot of our language. I think that's helpful in this is to uh, uh, kind of hear it in that way. Um, and what you saw him demonstrating is this hermeneutic, this way to study the Bible. And so what you saw throughout was, well, can we come to the same conclusion on everything? very difficult, right? Uh, because all of those people, all of those chairs represented, I have no doubt, were very sincere people trying to follow Scripture. Okay? We'll make that clear. I believe they, were, they had the, the best heart, the best desires, uh, but when they came to Scripture, because of this understanding of this is how I have to study Scripture, uh, you know, we come to different conclusions there. Again, we're not making fun of those people, but we need to acknowledge, you know, wherever you are on that, if you're in one of those chairs, uh, just understanding that this is kind of how we come uh, to this kind of thing. So I'll, I want to just take a couple of minutes here uh, to have any, uh, any comments or questions or observations about what Rick said, uh, and then uh, we'll take a couple of minutes. I've got a couple of things to show you. Uh, out of my library here. <coughs> oh. Are any of those things he discussed a heaven or hell issue? John Gunter answering? No. Every one of them that would be in that chair would say yes. Uh, because if you're taking this hermeneutic, uh, you come to conclusions. And so if a problem Campbell uh, had was that as this his movement was growing, uh, people kind of following his way of thinking and everything, um, well, when you look at other people and you come to what you believe is the right conclusion, what does that mean about everybody else that didn't come to your conclusion? They're wrong. And so what Campbell started seeing, and he actually had to fight against, he had to write uh, uh, letters to people to tell them, hey, that's not what this is about, because people became very sectarian. So because Bo doesn't come to the conclusion I come to, we can't have unity. Again, what you saw in the chair. And so that, what that develops is sectarianism where you have to be within my circle uh, for us to have unity. Instead of the circle or the umbrella of you know, Jesus is Lord, all those things he mentioned, which I think are very helpful when he said there are no liberals. We use, that, we use conservative and liberal way too much. All that does is compare you to whoever you're talking about, period. So uh, Paul may look at me and say, John, you are liberal. But on the scale of things, I am very, very conservative. I'm just liberal compared to where Paul is. You know, in his mind, I'm liberal. I'm further wherever. Um, and so I think that's, uh, that's something to understand in that. But again, because they have sincere heart, they believe they're right. And so they would say, they would probably say yes. Growing up in a church that had a lot of, a lot of those things, they would say, yes, it is a heaven or hell issue. No, they're not. Uh, actually, when you do a lot of Bible study and you actually come across things where God says you are out, those things are not very many. Okay? We look at it and we say, well, um, you know, we pick out different issues or whatever, and we say, oh, you're out. But God does not say that within Scripture. Okay? So he, he mentioned a lot of things there. He mentioned instrumental music. 
I think that's probably uh, you know something that we're all familiar with. The argument there, you know, we, we go to Colossians uh, three sixteen. We go to help me out Ephesians five nineteen. Um, when the context is not even about that, uh, but because it says sing, we think, well, it doesn't say. Y'all, we've all been a part of that, uh, and that's a part of our heritage. I'm again not not here to mock that or anything. But that, that's an example that you can look at and see how we have used this way of studying the Bible. Because it didn't say sing and play an instrument. I, I've had someone say before, uh, trying to kind of, you know, we kind of just try to justify the way we understand things. And so they would justify by saying, you know, John, you can't uh, worship God and play an instrument. And my response is, do you know any musicians? <coughs> Because they absolutely can and do. Um, it's just, there's no reason for us to kind of try and justify things that we don't understand uh, just to fit this around our hermeneutic. If we did not come to Scripture with this understanding, we would not come to the same conclusions on a lot of things. that make sense? So if we didn't come to uh, the instrumental music thing, we, we kind of tried to make that fit. I, had a, I was teaching one class, I don't even know how it came up. Uh, and uh, uh, we were talking about it, and one guy said, well, what about David when it says that he created these instruments that God was not pleased with? I said, well, I said, where is it at? I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Just open it up. Let's read it together. And we'll, you know, I'm not afraid of Scripture. Let's study. And he read it, and as soon as he was done, he said, that didn't say what I thought it said. <laughs> because we, we had tried to, to look at things, and I'm it's just a good example to use instrumental music because we're all familiar with that thing. Uh, I'm not trying to pick on that tonight, but it's a good example. But we, we tried to look at it in a certain way that said, I can't do it because of this hermeneutic in the back of our mind. And so we came to conclusions by looking at stuff kind of off. And, and so that, again, uh, Rick did it a lot better than I would as far as showing you how it can divide. Uh, anything else before I start showing my, my show and tell? Yeah, Caleb. I think we should always see ourselves as probably right and wrong. The, the difficulty or the problems that come, come out of... Now, we don't want... I, I'm not up here doing something I believe is wrong. Does that make sense? But if I find out later down the road that I am, I'm going to change, right? And then I'll have to say, well, I was wrong about that, or I changed my mind about that. Uh, I think we just need to have a, a view of, like I started this class off with, I want to do the best job I can. I want to be, I want to study scripture um, faithfully. I want to, I want to understand, I want to come with an open mind. I want to come with, you know, a lot of times we come with an answer already in hand to scripture. Now, scripture, you tell me this answer I've got, you know, and so we come to some weird conclusions because of that. Uh, but I think, I think to think of it that way is also humble, you know, showing some humility. That I'm doing the best I can, and I, I want to do that, I want to teach that, I want to encourage that. But if I'm wrong later, that's fine. I want to have the humility then to say, okay, well, now I was wrong about that, you know. Uh, and so um, I, I think assuming we're always right just leads to some very negative things. Again, everybody else is wrong, uh, I'm only right, and then... Uh, can I ever change my mind if I always think I'm right? You know? 
so that's difficult. Yeah. Is that work in marriage too? Because I fucked my wife off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, wow. yes. Uh, I'm going to table that comment. And no, 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 no. I'll open that up to circle back to that. Let's circle back to that one. I'm the We're going to talk about that. You remember when you said. Um, but th does that does that offend anyone with my answer to Caleb? But I, I think I think ahead. we can also approach it from the standpoint of that we're neither right. Okay. There's there's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. Okay. We're, God gives us tremendous freedom to do a lot of things that we put rules and regulations on that God never intended. That, that's a great point. That's another way to go with that too. Um, because again, going back to that law of silence, if we label everything right or wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And which is causing the division. That's absolutely right. Thank you. That's another thing is too, you know, we, we choose some of the things we do here, uh, it's what we're comfortable with. We choose sure. to worship this way. And but I think it would be wrong if we hold somebody else to our choices. Yeah. Now there are there are truths in the Bible that we all need to follow. Mm -hmm. We all know. But to hold somebody else to our standards of uh, something that is not a heaven or hell issue, that to me then, yes, you're wrong. Yeah. You can't do that because they may not, just like you're preaching about now, they may not see it the same way. Sure, sure, absolutely. Uh, you know, when you go to Scripture, uh, we kind of, part of this discussion, and I'll just be quick on this, part of this discussion is we'll, we'll throw around Scriptures like uh, don't cause anyone to stumble. Okay, anybody had that used against them or used it against somebody before? Uh, but actually, when you when you study the context of those scriptures, that's a much bigger issue than you know even the things he mentioned up here. Uh, you're talking about meat sacrifice to idols, where what Terry's saying, you know, I, I believe I can eat the meat, but so I'm going to force it on Terry. You know, I'm going to eat in front of them. I'm going to eat this meat. That looks like to this my fellow Christian that I'm actually serving another God. Okay, we we have used don't make someone stumble as you know they're gonna leave the faith because we chose to have two song leaders instead of one. Or, you know, I'm just making that up, but uh, these little things, okay? And that's not at all what scriptures say. But now if I'm forcing something that is, you know, feels like against my religion, like this is against God himself, you know. But back to what Bo said, if I hold everything as that, which is not in Scripture, then everything is, you know, we have to agree on everything, or we can't sit in the same room type of thing. Um, Just real quick, I yeah, heard, heard someone say, we need to know the difference between causing someone to stumble and causing someone to grumble. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's a huge difference in the two. And I say this, um, I say this quite a bit. We, we spend so much time worrying about a saved person going to a different congregation. That is not leaving the faith. That is not causing them to stumble, okay? That's not what Paul is talking about. He is saying, you know, causing someone to stumble as far as leave their faith, their actual faith. Not go to the congregation down the road, which in where we are in America... It's easy to do, and people do it all the time, right? That's just going to happen. It's going to happen when you change preachers. Uh, it, it did when I came in. If I ever leave, I'm not leaving, by the way. Y'all got to run me out. But if I ever leave, it'll happen again. If somebody like John, they don't like blue person, okay? If somebody like Josh, they like me. That's fine. 
But we, we pick, we do those things for all kinds of little reasons, right? Uh, and, and so causing someone to stumble is much bigger uh, than that. And we can talk about that more as we, as we go along in this, uh, kind of dive a little bit further. I, I do want to take just a few minutes. Can I have a couple of volunteers? Yeah, come on. I just need you to hold the book. So Caitlin has, if you want to look at it, uh, that hermeneutics book that I showed you. What I want to tell you about this, I want you to hold that. Miss, would she know Vanna White? Would that be okay? That's too old. She's still around. Um, a good thing about this, in the back of it, is a how to start your library list. I ate that up. Okay, uh, you can get Bible software, and I'll, I'll show those one time, sometime. But the back of this shows you, hey, here's here's some good resources, because a lot of times we don't know where to start. I've never heard these people's names. So uh, to have that is a good thing. All right, somebody grab this. Thank you, sir. Church history. If you want to find out about church history, Everett Ferguson wrote this book, and he is a Church of Christ guy. And this is this is a widely renowned church history book. Okay. So there's that. What I want to show you. If you want a commentary, I love this series. This is called The Story of God Bible Commentary. There you go. They're going to hold 10 apiece. Okay? <laughs> uh, but these are still coming out. They are very well written. They're very, um, they'll have stories to go along with the verse we're talking about and trying to make the point. And so The Story of God uh, Bible Commentary is excellent. All right. I got another one up here. I'll just put this here in case you want to look at what we've got. You can? Okay. Imitation to the New Testament. This is something if you want to pick up and say, hey, I want a, a survey. What do they do in college? There's a survey of the New Testament. All right. Well, I want to start in the Old Testament. We got this. I should just keep doing that. <laughs> There's a backstory to that. <laughs> you have to hear that noise. <laughs> Apparently, uh, we have. Right, Jesus. Yes. Does Jimbo volunteer? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Just hold that up there. So four portraits, one Jesus. Talking about the Gospels. You want to dig into the Gospels? Life in biblical Israel. If you're, uh, if you want to start with. You know, I don't know about this whole scripture thing. About scripture and the authority of God. It's a really good one. Anybody um, see themselves as like, how do I say this? Because I am this way. Like, prove it to me. Like, you need to prove this to me. Missouri. Huh? Missouri. Show me thing. The New Testament documents. Now, this is, I had some friends read it. We did a, a, a book club at our church, our last church. 
And I love this book because it tells me all the ways in which this is, uh, these books should be trusted. But they said, and these are highly intelligent people. He's a member of Mensa. He said this is written like someone's, uh, see, I can't even think of the word, um, thesis. <coughs> so uh, I really like it. To me, it's not, it's not terrible. And you come out of that going, okay, I can trust this. And one more that I'll show you. And Anita saw this on my, uh, my couch the other day, I believe. Uh, this is another from John Mark Hicks, again, my professor. He just put this out around the Bible in 80 days. <laughs> oh, crap, that was really expensive. Oh. <laughs> there you go. I thought, I thought Brandon was helping me. <laughs> so, there you go. So, what I want to say about John Mark, he is a, he's a truth theologian. And what the theologians are really good at is big picture tying it all together. So this is this is not a long book, but this is this is going to tie like every sometimes we are so focused. Anybody been through a Bible class where we study one scripture at a time very slowly? We all have, right? I'm not making fun of it. But and that's fine. I have I have commentaries that dig into the Greek. If you look up 30 minutes later I've moved a, a verse and a half. And I'm going, I need to get through this at some point. So, very good at big picture tying everything together, okay? Uh, we're going to have these up here. Caitlin, Caitlin will be holding them all. <laughs> if you want to come look at them, uh, we'll do that. We're going to close with a quick prayer. We'll make them all for her. <laughs> we'll close with a prayer. If y'all want to come see these, uh, I don't want to hold you any longer. You can come and ask me any questions you have about it. Let's pray to Caitlin. God, our Father, Lord, we are thankful for this day. Lord, we're thankful for all the many blessings you uh, so richly blessed us with and, and, Lord, the things that we take for granted. Help us to see them uh, each day. God, be with uh, all those people in our lives that we know of that have been uh, suffering in one way or the other. God, we just pray for a measure of uh, your strength and your love and uh, just your presence in their lives. God, I just want to pray for this church as we... Uh, go through this series. Lord, help us all to be better students of your word. Uh, Lord, help us to always have uh, the right attitude when coming to scripture or uh, discussing with a, a brother or sister. Lord, help us always to do such things in love. Thank you again for all that you do for us. And, and Lord, we just thank you for giving us uh, when we fail. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.